0: We're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge. Mostly highlights in NBA, NFL, and sometimes UFC. We also throw some other sports in there. But this week, we give you the highlights, uh, well, the best of the NCAA and their stance on college players being, act, being able to earn money, Kawhi's trademark famous phrases, uh, the Browns' horrible start this season, the Warriors' woes, China's anti-NBA and Trump World Series boos that happened at a Nationals game. But before we start, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex, and Mohammed, say something for them.
1: Hey, just want to say, well, up to all the listeners, thank you for listening, and also subscribe to our podcast and other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter.
0: Well, we we will be a whole lot more active on there. You can definitely ask for subjects to focus in on, but we we go pretty far into the sports world um, with off the court and on the court stories. But today we begin with the NCAA and their stance on college players earning money Uh, there has been a history a long history and actually the complete history of the NCAA where players are not allowed to profit off their likeness or get paid in general by boosters which has kind of led to a whole lot of under the table paying of major players or people getting in trouble for these rules even though they are the main product recently California, along with other states, have elected to say that they will allow the college players in their state to profit off their likeness, which is extremely opposite to the NCAA, which is the organization over all of college sports uh, at whatever level you are at, but all under the umbrella of the NCAA. Now, as of today, the NCAA took a vote and they have now had a new stance on pl- players actually being able to profit off their image. And they've all voted, not, not in a unanimous setting, because we do not know the exact vote total, but they vote majority for players in college to be able to earn off their likeness like these other states have followed suit with. Now, uh, it comes under a little scrutiny. So my first question is, does this change all this only changes because of the NCAA is afraid of losing their power? I think that the
1: NCAA is afraid of losing their players um, because you see all these other leagues coming about, especially for basketball. There's these other leagues overseas that um, players coming out of high school can go and play in, and that will probably happen more frequently. Even in football, I think the XFL... They don't require you to be in college for that long or even at all. Uh, So they feel like they're going to be losing players and also they lose out on their product because their product is now watered down if they lose those higher end players who are just looking to get into a professional league
0: rather than go through college. I can agree to many parts of that. And I, I do think this is this is. Happening because the NCAA is afraid of losing overall power. Uh, not that they are highly threatened by other leagues like the XFL, that is an option. But when it comes to football, there is a certain amount of ma- maturity you will need to be a, a professional or even a semi professional. Um, so NCAA has its biggest draw due to it being a college atmosphere, that large fan base, and it's really about control and their power over these players. Um, if they lose this control, which would this would, for example, uh, California set this rule to start in twenty two twenty two twenty three uh, season of the NCAA foot, well in general the year uh, of collegiate sports which gave them a grace period for the NCAA to step up to play. A lot of other states have actually bumped that date up to January of 2020, which is only months away. So they know they need to take a vote now and they needed to vote in the majority of what the country is uh, voting in just to maintain the balance between players staying at their schools.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Power does. Losing power does play a factor in this. Um NCAA thinks that they're going to really lose control over the players. But you're really not losing anything. You're not paying the players anything out of the school's pocket. It's just out of fans or whoever wants to pay the players something. So there's really no money loss
0: in this. You're right. Not for the NCAA, but I think they think Any money going to the players is money that's not theirs uh, or that's not going into their pockets, even though you're right. It does not take away from their dollars. Maybe they think it takes away from their booster dollars. Those alumni who pay for these jerseys that players uh, wore, let's say, a famous game or a bowl game where now you're on a bidding match. Now, what if it creates a whole new market out there? Uh, for college players, uh, an auction market for jerseys. Honestly, something that should probably look into.
1: Well, really, I still don't see the money loss from the NCAA. Uh, Really, I I, I just don't. They're just greedy. I I really don't see how they lose in this situation.
0: Okay. So, yeah, that that goes to my next question. Is this a fix-all to combat the new Pandora's box that has been opened? Really, I would
1: like you to expand on that Pandora's box. I I don't see what the slippery slope might be.
0: Well, the Pandora's box is actually going off of what you said, uh, how the XFL, you don't particularly have to be a certain age or to have been in college for a certain amount of years to play, which does open up other boxes for players to be Getting paid. This opening up the Pandora's box because it's not too long after players are being able to earn off their image that they're going to ask for the actual earning dollars. So this this is something that's now just small steps to the big steps uh, of what's going to actually happen. And it might happen in a short amount of time. It might happen in a little bit of time. I'm not sure in this world you know, things move faster with new technology. Uh, so I think at max. Five years after this rule, this rule we have now have about off their image starts. Once that starts, it's about a five year period before they're coming for the actual sponsor dollars.
1: Wow. Um. Yeah, they, they probably will eventually ask for that. But I, I think it's going to be a slower process rather than like a max of five years. I, I think it's going to be longer than that mainly because the players are just going to be getting used to just being paid off of their likeness. Now some are going to get paid less than others because they're not as popular and they need to build up that fan base. But I, I really don't see them being able to pay the players very soon. Like you were saying, of course they're going to ask for it, but I don't see that happening
0: very soon. I, think it does, because let's say there's a freshman that comes in that first year you can actually get paid. And this is a, let's say it's a great talent. Just let's say a Baker Mayfield, a Reggie Bush, a just a, a great college player. Uh, then it's worth the dollars. Uh, sponsors and boosters will probably be just throwing money at them off their image. Uh, like, for example, Zion would have profit a whole lot over this past year if he had control over his actual image. Uh, but he, he's only profiting now that he's in the NBA. Um, but I say that they're going to really be coming for those dollars. Let's say that freshman comes in by that third year of being the most popular player and broadcasting dollars. We're talking specifically about football because this doesn't just stay in football. It goes across all collegiate sports, not just football, even though we look at it kind of kind of that way. But let's say football specifically. That player is going to want those dollars, especially when everybody's going to be in your ear about how much money you should be receiving versus what you're actually receiving.
1: But usually whenever you're coming straight out of high school, you're not used to being paid for playing your sport. So that's a new atmosphere for them to get used to. I I don't see them asking for those dollars.
0: So LeBron wasn't uh, used to getting the money. He, he wasn't used to Actually, yeah, you're right. He wasn't used to the money. But trust me, he got very used to that money. Uh, even before he graduated high school, he had a Hummer.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying that he's. they're not going to be asking for it right off the bat. Like, oh, we yeah, need not, this salary or whatever.
0: No, 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 no. I think this only happens through major phenom players. This doesn't happen uh, because of Joe Smoe. Uh, it doesn't happen because of the average uh, good player. It, this this happens for the greats. This will only change due to a great who has just has an attracting type personality, personality along with uh, just it brings people watching. For example, Zion's the biggest. Uh, Zion Williamson is the biggest example of that uh, in this past recent history.
1: Yeah, um, he he definitely comes to mind. Um, probably a few NCAA quarterbacks maybe. I would mm-hmm. say probably Baker Mayfield. He he probably would have probably because he just had that persona like, look at me. I can mm-hmm. do this. Um, but I, I don't think it really happens that fast where they're going to be giving out that
0: money. The, the oh, money coming from the NCAA. It? I don't think they're about giving it away. I think they're coming for it. Like, <laughs> there, there's going to be represent, representation and there's going to be more like a professional type of atmosphere for the elite players in college sports and that's what the NCAA has always been trying to avoid
1: well they, they're just trying to um, get the most out of the player without paying them and people complain about well they shouldn't be paying these players they go to school for uh Uh, education, but school has changed so much since it first started with the NCAA. The NCAA makes a huge amount of money every single year off of the players. So you can't come with, oh, it's just for education. When a school uses the player way more than the player uses the school.
0: Agree. Uh, Completely agree. Uh, There's Reggie Bush is another example of I would think is somebody who would just produce a large amount of money even in those early 2000s. Uh, The media just gets crazier. Uh, The coverage on people who aren't professionals along with professionals grows. We're out here watching LeBron's son play basketball. We're we're out here watching uh, the games of Dwayne Wade's son, and they're in high school, like we were watching LeBron in high school, but that was unreal at that time.
1: Yeah, and I also think sports in general, like over the past probably three or four years, everybody is accessible. Like you can see what this player is doing or that player is doing at a young mm-hmm. age. So, and and everybody's traveling together and playing, growing up playing together in these AAU leagues and whatever. And now it's it's just so much, so much more accessible. Um, it it just makes it easier for these players to get that recognition.
0: Which is a reason why I think it's going to be even more important on getting these dollars. Uh, They've been in a professional setting for a long, and they've been growing to be professionals for a very long time where there's clearly no promise of it on the other side of the collegiate side. And a lot of times their best times are in their college years. So, With that thinking, some players really might want to grasp as much money as they can from this college time. Actually, I don't even think it's the football players who should grasp it more than another sector of the college sports. I think it's female basketball that should be grabbing more in college because their earning dollars diminish when it, it like, comparative of the, the attraction for people actually watching and there being the attention, it drastically changes from collegiate uh, female basketball to WNBA.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree. People probably pay more attention to NCAA women's basketball than they do professional
0: I completely agree. The top salary in the uh, WNBA is a little over 100000 which is sad when you're Candace Parker, when you're a household name, even by people who don't even know basketball on top of who don't know WNBA basketball. I can ask a female to know who Candace Parker is and she can actually know. And you're at max paying, uh, being earning only over
1: $100,000. Yeah, Sad, but you know, people got to go and watch it.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. But uh, to move on, we're go- we are uh, staying in the NBA. Uh, the most interesting thing in the NBA games, uh, hands down, in the first few games, has been the war- Warriors being down 37 to 70 to the Thunder Saturday, November 26th at halftime. Now the memes and the internet went crazy over uh, the Warriors appearing to be that bad. Even Draymond followed up with a statement saying, we're not good. Uh, There's been a lot of backlash for even that comment, and they did follow that up with a win. So they started off 0-3, and now they are 1-3, which kind of of tapered down to how bad they are. But it is important to ask, how bad are the Warriors?
1: I don't think they're a terrible team. They just don't have the the parts that kept them afloat when it came to other than their superstars. They don't have that Andre Iguodala or the Sean Livingston or um, even, I mean, just going way back to Harrison Barnes. I know he's, he hasn't been on the team in a while, but he was a crucial player in their first championship. They don't have those type of players right now. They just have Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and um, D'Angelo Russell and whatever other misfits in there. But that is no excuse to be playing like that because you are professionals and you should be playing better. And if Steph Curry does not make the playoffs with this team, that should be a hit on his legacy.
0: I I could hear the words coming out of your mouth before you said it. I knew it was going to be hit to legacy, (laughs) and I was going to completely agree. Like, if you weren't going to say it, I was going to say it. So I I completely agree. If he does not make the playoffs – That is a hit to his legacy and how much he affects a generation. Actually, I think that's kind of cemented in a way because simply because the way people, like younger uh, people, go about basketball is shooting the basketball from far, 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 even half court. Um, You see um, LaMelo Ball now and how he has catered to his uh, actual style. But I'm getting off uh, subject. Now, the Warriors – they're quite bad. And I didn't don't think that they thought this day would come. They really didn't think this day would come. They thought with the new building, they felt that the same people are in the building. But Draymond's never been a number two. He's been a number four on a team and comfortable for like perfectly. That's the spot where he's supposed to be. At most, he's supposed to be your top three player at most. But he is not in a great position to be a number two. So I think the Warriors are quite bad. And I'll say it. They're not going to make the playoffs. That's the, They're the people who you're going to bump out.
1: With. It's very early to say that. I'm not going to go and say they're not going to make the playoffs. This It's only been four games. This is a long season, an 82-game season. I'm going to say they get in. But if they don't, people need to get on Steph Curry and whoever else on that team, even Steve Kerr, that should be a hit
0: to their legacy. Well, I'm, uh, this must be said. Steph Curry ain't walking through that door. Clay ain't even walking through that door. Even if he's walking through that door, he's not playing. Well, even you said Steph on, Curry or, or Kevin Durant? Sorry, I, did I say Steph Curry? Sorry. Kevin Durant's not going to be walking through that door. Clay Thompson's not walking through that door. Shoot, uh, Mr. Cooper's not about to walk through that door. They're not getting no uh, superheroes in, in this uh, situation. I don't know whether you knew, because Mr. Cooper had an episode where he was a part of the Golden State Warriors. Some people will know that, but <laughs> um, the Warriors. I don't know are anything that. about that. <laughs> people who they'll know. Some people don't know.
1: <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, but I, I, I still think they should have enough talent to make the playoffs, at least the eighth seed. Um, they might not get past the first round, but this this team should be able to make the playoffs. Uh-oh. Do you think there's really eight other teams better than the Warriors in
0: uh, the let's West? Go, uh, since you want to count it out, let's go ahead and do this. Uh, Lakers, Clippers. I say Portland. I say Rockets. Uh, I say Jazz. Um, that's five already. I'm, I know I'm forgetting some teams here. Denver did I say or I said the nuggets, did I say the nuggets
1: um i don't think so,
0: okay, so nuggets, that's six, um, so there's two more spots left, I think the spurs make it, so
1: oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, spurs definitely, yeah, yeah so They're
0: on the uh, right, yeah, so I'm trying to think there should be another team out here, uh the Grizzlies might make it, uh I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I John Moran's doing pretty good. He, he uh, but uh, let's let's look into this. Um, I don't think the Pelicans make it, but they do have a good team to make it make that happen if Zion comes back and he's healthy. Uh, I'm trying to think who's the other teams in the West. I know there's somebody critical we're forgetting right now uh, out of the top playing teams in I the think West. The Pelicans will be that last team, really. Well, yeah, I think they're the best built team for it. Like, even without Zion, I think they actually slip in on that eighth spot. I think it's due to the fact that yeah, the, re- uh, the reason why they're going to get bumped out is because Draymond's been playing bigger than he's ever been. Like, he, bigger than his position, sorry, for his position than he than all the other players at that position, and that's due to how they play their game. And like, D'Angelo Russell does not fit their their system of play that allows Draymond to be the third or fourth best player on the team. d is supposed to be the second best player, but he's not. Uh, Draymond's having to fill in at number two. Yeah,
1: DeAndre Russell, um, he did good with the Nets, but he was never that type of player that you lean on to carry you
0: anywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I think it's a little early to pull that trigger or, or not, because I'm I'm still kind of in the nostalgia of last year when he w- is with the Nets. I guess the tatted up uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, where he's just hitting key shots and looking like Harden over in the East. Um, but it does go straight into the next question. Should the Warriors trade D'Angelo Russell sooner than later? And if so, what's the best move slash trade?
1: I don't see why they should trade D'Angelo Russell. He's a young talent that they could probably try to develop. They don't have anything else right now that looks like they should be a successful team going into the future. D'Angelo Russell fits that that spot where they could develop him into that great next player for the Warriors. I mean, who else are you going to get? Nobody else wants to go to the Warriors.
0: Yeah, I think there are people who want to go to the Warriors. I would want to go to, of course, I mean, but uh, I would want to go to the Warriors even if I was a uh, above average player because they have the great new building. Like I'm going to bask in the glory of uh, all the stuff they made. Like that, I think that's an understatement on the attraction on being on Golden State and being some type of a hero. That even if you make the playoffs, you're getting a lot of credit. Now, to answer the question whether they should trade D'Angelo Russell, I think they should. I've I've expressed what I think the trade should be. I think it should be an even trade between D'Angelo Russell and uh, Ben Simmons on the 76ers. But rumor out is they are looking to trade D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves for Andrew Wiggins. I and no I was just discussing this with someone earlier. I would never think that would be an even trade between D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins. But they they brought up a great point. Andrew Wiggins fits go to state system better. Uh, he's going to be able to kind of work at how he's a better role player. He's an above average role player. But I don't think above, above role, average role player is better than a superstar, which D'Angelo Russell can be. But it actually does fit, even though I think I, it should be the other way with uh, uh, Philly, but Philly's going to ride with Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah, that would be completely idiotic for the 76ers to give Ben Simmons to the Warriors. That's, that's just stupid. But um, I wouldn't trade D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. That's, that's not a smart move for them either. I feel like D'Angelo Russell has the potential to be a better player than what he is, and he's a young player. You can develop him into something. I, I say they keep him, don't trade him away. You, you're not winning anything right now.
0: I, I don't okay. see the reason to do that. They they actually that actually will go into the next question, but I, I'd say they're they're looking at how players fit. And I hear you with developing him, but they kind of have two other players who fit that spot. Always, he was supposed to be a filling for Clay. That's really what he is. He's a patch man for Clay. He's not a hey, it's three Splash Brothers. He's not <laughs> that guy. <laughs> he's just not that guy. That's he, they don't they don't have that plan for him. It's just about when they're gonna pull the trigger for a high asset being there with him, and maybe we can develop him while he's here. Maybe he can fill in while he's here. Uh, I think they're thinking about how their team works. I think they just need better players, and they might do something dumb like trade him for three good players or uh, a mediocre, or, I wouldn't say mediocre, above, slightly above average players, but they should never be trading for, De- sorry, Andrew Wiggins in place of uh, D'Angelo Russell, even though that's the word on the street.
1: Yeah, I, I
0: say you just leave it alone. I, I would not trade him at all. Yeah, I, I right now I say don't pull the trigger, but I think before the end of the year, they should pull the trigger. they are only four games in, um, but it does go to this last question about the Warriors. Should the Warriors embrace the failure and kind of take the rest of the season to get a high draft pick? Or do they still have hopes of playoffs?
1: Well, they they still have hopes of playoffs, but. How far is that going to get you? But, I mean, even with tanking, I mean, it might give you a slightly better chance to get a top pick. But that doesn't guarantee anything, even at this point, the way they're doing the draft now. So I, I say they're kind of stuck in the middle. Um, where you, You're you in limbo. You, you're not good enough to win a championship. You don't have a championship uh, roster right now. And you're not bad enough to get a, a really good pick. So... They're in uh, no man's land right
0: now. No, I think they're in every man's land. They are (laughs) finally like the rest of the league. That's what it is. They, They are just not used to it. I think that's why you even think of it like no man's land. No, that's exactly where everybody is. Everybody is between, hey, well, not everyone. There's only a select few, and more than other years, that's what makes this year so interesting, there's more than usual amount that can fit into I can win a championship. Not as many people in that limbo area where, hey, I'm not good enough to tank, uh, bad enough to tank and I'm not good enough to win a championship. That's where the Warriors are. But they're really in the middle of the pack. They didn't expect to be that far in between that section.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't expect that either because they have had championship pedigree. They have been to multiple championships over the past four or five years. And I expected them to live up to that going into the next season, even though they lost some key players. Um, But it is pretty early. I wouldn't bank on anything right now.
0: But I I would say they still make the playoffs in this situation. Uh, In between the two options on whether they tank or whether they uh, have hopes of playoffs, I say you, you keep hopes of playoffs. I don't think they make the playoffs, but you keep hopes of playoffs. And at best, you lose in the first round. That's actually your best outcome because you can still get a good draft pick. And actually, I think they gave away everything, so I, I don't. I, actually, they're just in no man's land.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they're in the middle. Absolutely, I don't.
0: No man's they're every just man's in a bad, land. <laughs> they're in a bad situation. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so in recent news, Kawhi wants to brand slash trademark two of his main uh, slogans. Uh, now everybody really knows. What it do, baby, off of the video he had uh, after a championship with the Rockets. He also has another phrase that he wants to mark, which is city views over interviews. I kind of don't get it on my side. I get it, but I don't get why he wants to brand that one. Uh, But will it be easier to trademark what it do, baby, over getting the rights of the claw from Nike, his old sponsor?
1: I don't know in this situation. Well yeah, you can go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'll answer it first. So I now the I'm not sure whether you know the history on the claw thing and him and Nike, but he said he made up the uh, the logo that he has of the claw, and he did, did that by tracing his own hand. I'm not sure whether we cover that in another episode or not, but that's he's had a whole uh, battle with Nike over the claw since he's changed over to New Balance, which is a dark horse in the world of p- professional basketball uh, sponsorship and shoes, especially over Nike, which is one of the biggest brands out there uh, aside um, Adidas and, uh, just a, a couple other ones. Um, but his, his battle is with Nike and his logo, the claw. He's carried over the image of the claw to Adidas, but there's, uh, an issue and a lawsuit out between Nike and, uh, Kawhi about who actually came up with the logo. It's been in a a limbo type of uh, state. Now he's looking to trademark the what to do baby uh, as a very known uh, statement of of it being him uh, in his statement. So something he just freely did after a a championship and everybody's attached to. And the answer, the the question is really about which one is actually easier to obtain. I think it's going to be what it do, baby, because Nike's to not going to let go of them having the branding dollars of the claw.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, I'm not really a fan of that slogan. Um, the claw just sounds so much better.
0: I, I really don't like the city views over interviews. I think that was just stretching like he's doing too much. Like, I, I, I get it. He's. He's actually talking about like uh looking over a city as uh in a championship parade over interviewing out here and talking to the media. Uh like and, and it's, it takes too much to kinda explain and you just gotta know too much to know that phrase. And I don't even know where it came from. I have never heard him say that. Now I understand the what it do, baby, because that is even in the new Terminator um uh, commercial he has with Paul George with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the old uh, Sarah Connor of the new um, Terminator movie. So off of that alone, he should be making money. He's probably making money off of saying it, of course, and being in the commercial, but he should be getting some extra branding dollars for it because he's the person who's most known for it.
1: What he should trademark is that laugh because that is what's going to really put him out there.
0: Yeah, but how do (laughs) you trademark a laugh?
1: I mean, you don't. I'm just saying that's that's really like his his signature, really.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. So uh, to kind of move it back to like kind of actual basketball, do you think Kawhi is now the undoubted best player in the league, the NBA league right now?
1: Uh, Undoubtedly, no, I would not say that. I would say if he wins this championship as a key contributor to that, he would probably cement himself as the undoubtedly best player. I know he just did win a championship, but he beat an injured Warriors team. And with that Warriors team at full health, they they would have lost that series. But um, I, I, I think he still has to prove that he can lead another team to a championship to make himself the best player in the world. Well, he just looked at as that um, because it's still really up in the air. Um, Most people probably still say LeBron James, um, but a few other people have creeped in there. Giannis, of course, Kawhi Leonard, um, Kevin Durant, whenever he's healthy, but he's not in conversation right now. Uh, But, no, I, I would not say he is the undisputed number one player in the world. So it's still up in the air.
0: Okay, I, I definitely respect that. Uh, and after like the first three games where they went undefeated, and the way they beat down the Lakers the first game, it made me kind of check my God dang, LeBron might not be the best anymore. But it is doubted, like you said. I, I agree, that it is doubted, but it is heavily questionable on whether Kawhi is taking over that spot. He he's he's eclipsing right now, but it's it's about what happens the rest of the season on who's that undoubted player? LeBron is still the undoubted. Like, if you had to have no doubt, it's, ha- it's still going to be LeBron because he's held that spot for so long and he really hasn't released it really. Now, but it's, it, oh God? I, it's a whole lot closer than I thought that Kawhi could be that person now, the best player in the league.
1: Yeah, and I also think you're just a prisoner of that one game against the Clippers. Um, Like LeBron was saying, he wanted to set up Anthony Davis more rather than him taking on that load. And he deferred, and he tried to set up Anthony Davis more, but um, it didn't work out in that game. And we'll see going forward from here if they're going to continue to do that.
0: Agree, completely agree. I, I probably am a little bit more captive of that moment. And uh, LeBron's actually at this point should get a little, little more credit for being a mastermind of uh, knowing what steps need to be taken when. He even said what he was doing, he's working through AD. Uh, he's using this as practice time as it should be especially first couple games in, the first game, uh, we uh, we as spectators, or me as a spectator, has held a little bit more on that first game than he probably was thinking about it um, as a battle for L.A. Um, But I'll move on. Um, Who has the most interesting player so far, like which team has the most interesting player so far in the NBA, not named Kawhi?
1: Most interesting player?
0: So far? Uh,
1: that's, that's very hard to answer. I don't think I can answer that because there's too many interesting players. Especially well, give me a top five. Who, who, <laughs> okay, uh, well, well, my first two would be. Hey.
0: And often of their, their actual games, not not what we kind of think of them, but like often of these first four to five, I don't think there's been five games on any team, but uh, these first four to five games.
1: Okay. My, it Right now it would have to be James Harden, Russell Westbrook. You, you really want to see how that pairing goes together or if they even fit. And so far I would say they do fit. James Harden, he's not playing the best, even though the stat sheet might say otherwise. He's playing pretty mediocre. He's getting most of his points at the free throw line. But um, I would say that he will get better over time. Um, Those two are definitely very interesting. Um, Westbrook is a beast. He's always going at it, so he's very interesting. And then, of course, LeBron James, you know, he always has a narrative to put out there. He's always going to be interesting. Um, We always have 24-hour surveillance of what he's doing, so he's always going to be interesting. Um, also Kawhi Leonard, he is definitely, uh, becoming more and more interesting. I would say back whenever he was on the Spurs, I did not pay attention to him that much. Um, mainly because I really don't care about the Spurs, but as he has grown and put his name out there and won an NBA championship away from the Spurs, he's becoming more of an interesting player and we're seeing more of that personality.
0: Sure. Uh, even though he does give you only a little bit his Terminator, uh, type personality as we've kind of branded him. Um, I, I, I couldn't say it better on a lot of those things you said. Um, but I'm going to go a little bit different way with my top five. I'm kind of looking at John Morant. He's, he's filling out to be a really great player. Uh, I kind of had a whole lot of hope for him as, uh, in the league, but so far he's been really, really great. Uh, another player just to go through it quickly is, Trey Young. Like, how often does two players, sorry, not two players, but two teams actually win a trade? On draft night, Trey Young and Luka Dante, uh, uh, who went to Dallas, both teams traded Atlanta and Dallas Mavericks. And right now, they're both kind of winning on this trade because Trey Young's been a great spark and he's been, uh, actually, I think the top scorer so far in the league. Um, right now, and he's shining in his second year. And Luka Doncic, he's being great. Like, he was when he was in the other leagues, and he's been a professional since he was, I'm pretty sure, 13 years old, if not 14. It might have been a little bit younger. Uh, at the youngest, probably 12. Um, but, and just to round it off, Kyrie Irving, I think he's going to have get the scoring title uh, just because he's just going to score a lot. It's his team until KD gets there. Um, Russell Westbrook, because he's really been shining. Really, really, really been shining. And I have to commend them about their my turn, his turn uh, philosophy right now because it's, it's scoring them points. And Russell is a better fit than I thought on the Rockets. He does push the pace where Harden wants to sit behind the three-point line and do nothing or either have the ball. <laughs> so, uh, like, it, it actually works uh, right now, even though it's a my turn, his turn scenario. Um, so I'll, just, I'm going to give you four. It's going to be John ja- ja Morant, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, and Russell Westbrook right now. Okay. Um, but I
1: feel like, j- just going back on that Harden and Westbrook um, comment, I-, I feel like with all of these duos, it's going to be my turn, your turn. Because they're all great talents, they all—both of them—are going to set up each other. They're going to play off each other and score points. One might t- take a step back because he's not involved in the play, and the other will step up. I—I so I, I really feel like it's my turn, your turn, and just about every great player.
0: Uh, yeah, but some work better than others together. Like uh, that's true. The most hope, I think, for. A uh, duo that's out there right now is LeBron and AD. I think by position and talent, I think they should work best together. They sh- it should be fluid. It, it those, those positions fit each other, uh, the spacing, the, and, and being so dominant at those, dominant at those positions and being bigger than the other players at those positions, both of them, should work to their advantage, but that doesn't mean they are, will actually in the end be the better duo.
1: Well, which one are you talking about?
0: Uh LeBron and A D. Anthony Davis. I think that I had the most hope for their their combo just because theirs fits better. Power forward and center slash uh uh actually I think he also plays power forward. Um LeBron plays small forward. So small forward, uh with uh power forward sometimes but AD's supposed to be playing the center center spot. Uh but either way, either spot they work best together where Kawhi and uh, Paul George are going to be both kind of playing in the same position. It's just their work along with Russ and uh, Harden. It's just a different type of unconventional match matchup of their duo.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, but when you say spacing with LeBron and Anthony Davis, I mean, they play right beside each other.
0: No, no, no <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, but I'm saying how the plays work. Like, oh, uh, we can play the triangle like um, Phil Jackson. Uh, like, oh, I pick here, you roll to the basket. Oh, you're just as open as I am uh, driving down the lane. I can make a choice to drop it down to you. And we're both as dominant at both positions. I'm just talking about the spacing and how two positions work together.
1: Well, I mean, I, I would say that the same thing with the other duos. They they can all play similar. They all do some of the same things. I really think the 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 duos, they're all great, in a sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm just saying conventional versus unconventional. The normal, conventional uh, NBA of big man and semi-big man or uh, or point guard. Point guard, the center, is actually a little bit more distant position uh, than each other. If you fit a small forward or a power forward position with a, a center, power forward and and center position are a little too close to the basket. It's about just in general um, how they run plays in basketball, that those work in unison very well, center and power forward or power forward and small forward. It's just it's, it's like inside the lines type stuff. And the other ones are really great. Yes, I agree, but they're unconventional conventional to the norm of a great duo.
1: Uh, I guess, but the league has really progressed, so yeah, I think yeah, any, I agree. Any position could really fit and around each position,
0: other. Agree, it's a positionless league. I'm just talking about conventional versus uh, non-conventional. It's not. It's not a knock on either one. It's just about the standard of how NBA run typical plays over a large span of the history of NBA. It's not that not either is wrong because the NBA has become a positionless league. We've gone down that rabbit hole a little too far there, <laughs> but um, uh, we're moving on to actually a little baseball. But it's it's not going to be boring as baseball appears to be to a lot of mainstream uh, millennials and people under that those ages. Um, we're but there's been some interesting things. In this past World Series uh, Actually we're currently in the World Series Which the Astros, Houston Astros Are playing the Washington Nationals Now um, It hasn't been that impressive On the field with this World Se- uh, Series Even if you're into baseball uh, There's more interesting subjects surrounding Baseball and the world of sports As a whole Now in game 5 of the World Series uh, base, The World Series of Baseball President Trump is introduced in attendance at a Nationals home game, which is the Washington, D.C. Nationals. So it is in Washington, D.C., where the White House is. Trump attended this uh, game. So Trump is actually met with boos and chants of lock him up in backlash of Trump's recent actions, putting him under investigation to be impeached, possibly. Now, since Trump Uh, has been in the office. A lot of championships, championship teams have denied to attend the White House and celebrate due to his treatment and tactics in office. Now, the growing climate of media and news has pushed athletes to comment on about political views. Now, it kind of brings in a big question. Are the Nationals being affected well, with, Since the Nationals are actually losing this series pretty handily, where they were up on things before uh, this point, playing very great, are the Nationals being affected by the issues happening in the White House, or are these bigger issues going on behind the scenes with the Nationals?
1: Well, I'm going to be honest. I haven't really been watching these games. But I would say people already knew these problems going into it as far as the political problems, how a lot of people feel about the current president. I think it's really more to do about the team than anything. Usually, whenever a team does not do well, it's coming from the inside. There's some type of locker room, disjointed team chemistry. There's... They're not jailing together, I would say.
0: I agree. I completely agree. Um, I think it's a little more going on because I was kind of baiting into this question because it's actually more about the female reporter comments uh, that happened in the locker room after a win. Uh, now, a uh, one of the people associated with the ball club uh, said, thank God they got uh, I can't even remember the pitcher's name right now, but they uh, got him. He they kind of got him cheap because he had a domestic abuse situation. It was kind con- of not kind of, but it was the comments of uh, so got- and cl- uh, glad we got him uh, was directed towards a female reporter. Now, it's it's a lot of actual noise in the background that's affecting this ball club because uh, now they started to apologize for these comments. Uh, so they are ex- accepting some responsibility that they knew it was wrong or that he was wrong by his actions. That has, I think, been on their mind. And I I knew I threw in the Trump thing there uh, to kind of throw you off. Uh, off key and just at least put some current news of what happened uh, to our uh, currently standing president. Um, but I think it's a lot of the noise. It's, it's not just the noise around them in the city of investigations of Trump, because uh, you do, they live in that city, but it's also the other issues with female reporters and the backlash and things around it.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely have to agree. Um, the locker room is in turmoil. Um, they're not gelling together. The team chemistry is not as good as it should be. And they're just distracted. They're, they're not able to play their best because they have other things in the back of their mind dealing with their own teammates. And also the outside look on the team from fans and national media.
0: Agreed. Uh, so just to move on a little quickly here. So uh, with the growing focus on political views in sports and how it's starting to affect each other the politics and sports is the world of sports and politics tied together forever with all the cross conflict in recent history
1: i would have to say yes mainly because uh, in sports they like to push narratives and stories that really bring everybody into it it gets everybody involved it makes everybody pay attention um with with any sport or player um now players are being asked to speak on these political views and give their input and they're always looked at to say the right thing if they say a negative thing it gets put in the news so the media likes to really get this this uh, likes to get these types of stories and put it out there and push those narratives so I think they are inevitably tied to each other with politics and sports.
0: I completely agree. Um, it's it's kind of leaked over already uh, with um, other things with sports, like the China uh, issue, which we're going to get to next. Um, but I think it's, it used to already be tied. It, for a brief moment, it got tied into Um, the civil rights moment with Muhammad Ali and um, uh, what's the Browns running back, uh, I can't remember. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. There you go. Jim Brown. uh, And and a couple of high-profile athletes. It got tied into uh, politics, but that was actively athletes trying to tie it in. Now it's a new day. And and for a good while, uh, sports Media and teams have neutered uh, the any athlete in any sport. It doesn't have to be black or anything like that. uh, Just anybody's sport is neutered all athletes from speaking out on politics because it hurts your brand, especially if you're a professional. Um, But now it is flipped to the other side where the media is now asking of the athletes to draw them into politics and simple comments cross both ways. Now, Uh, the president and the vice president is commenting on uh, what something's happening in a major league or broadcast league in the United States where now the uh, players and coaches are commenting on the politics and it's going back and forth. So yes, it is, it's married together and, and they're not getting a divorce (laughs) divorce.
1: No, they're they're not going to get a divorce um, because uh, that type of publicity always sells and, it's always going to be what people want to hear. Um, People like to see and hear about the negative things because it's popular.
0: Yeah, you're you're definitely right. So we um, move on to, it's not really moving on. It's still in the world of politics and sports. Uh, Recently, the comments by Vice President Uh, Mike Pence and President Trump have entered the world of sports in many ways recently, uh, especially in the conflict between China and the NBA. It's expanded over the NFL, NBA, and all around it's it's touching each sport slowly but surely uh, with the relationships related to politics. Um, Now, Pence has recently attacked Adam Silver for his response uh, to China and has really been – Making the league and people in the league, whether it be players or coaches or the actual uh, not general manager, but the um, commissioner of the league more accountable about their responses towards China as a country versus a league of a sports team, which is has already mixed up uh, and already started to cause problems due to different views. Um, But. It goes to where in, in the NBA is still having the drama with China, where China has refused to broadcast the only couple of NBA games this season, and don't not really seeing a end in, in sight of them not. Uh, that they're of actually letting in the NBA into the country again to be broadcast as most of their country actually views, about half of their country views the NBA. Uh, now reframing from broadcasting the NBA is really hitting on the dollars uh, in the NBA market. LeBron and Harden has gotten backlash for uh, their comments about the issues and how it's affected the players' dollars. So Has this relationship between the NBA and China reached a point of no return?
1: At this point, I I still don't think it's come to that point where there's no return. There's no going back. Um, But it's probably getting close. Uh, The the Chinese government, they're not backing down from their point of view. And also the NBA with Adam Silver. He's not backing down from his point of view. Um, This all just goes back to the incompetence and um, just lack of thinking when it came to Daryl Morey. I'm not sure if he thought that it was going to get the shine and publicity that he put beforehand whenever he tweeted that, but now he has caused a a downward spiral for everybody. And it's only going to lose money for the NBA and cause bad relations for the U S and China.
0: Agreed. One simple, simple, simple tweet has, it's, it's really spread to many different facets of American life right now. Like it's crazy how such a small thing really affected a lot, which he really should have thought about, uh, Before he did this. And LeBron and Harden's getting a whole lot of backlash uh, by the protesters in China, along with people in their own countries, like the country, like the president and vice president, along with other uh, people. Uh, But it's really misdirected. Uh, I think it should be directed towards the person who messed it up in the beginning, because Harden and LeBron are only speaking truth. They're taking dollars out of their pockets. And to answer the question, has to reached a point that it can't return? It's not going to return to the, the good old days ever again. I'll tell you that it may return, but it's going to be with new uh, new rules on the table. And I think there are going to be a whole lot of harsher rules on the China side. So it's really hard to say that it's not going to be severed. It honestly is really, really hard not to be to think that it, this relationship is going to be severed uh, because China's going to come with. Uh, a dictator type rules where the NBA is clearly on the side of i'm going to do what I want
1: yeah, but the NBA is with free speech they they don't want to limit anybody's words within reason but
0: but they do want to limit peoples words, they limit their players, but obviously <laughs> they don't want to limit their uh, GMs.
1: Well, I I just said within reason, but (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, China, they they're not about that life. They want to limit what what things get out there from their country and what things are brought in. Um, Uh But I I have to agree. It's not going to be the same as it once was before as far as the relations between the NBA and China but I think that it will return to a much
0: more calmer state. I completely agree. Um, so with China seeming out on the NBA relationship, at least for now, who is the best NBA's best next target to expand to?
1: Well, I would say the best next target would be places in Europe. Um, They have multiple European leagues uh, also with with soccer. That's a big um, area. And basketball is, I would think, the second biggest sport in the world. And they could capitalize in those areas around Europe where soccer is the biggest uh, sport in that area and put basketball in those same areas. Because I feel like basketball would um, would attract those same type of people who like soccer.
0: I agree because it is a singular singular type sport. You can do it by yourself. You can do it with two friends, uh, soccer and basketball. So I agree. Completely agree. Football requires more players and requires equipment. It's not as marketable. So uh I agreed on the most popular sports and specifically nba yes yeah i agree put them in them same, those same areas but i'm going to propose an abstract iron for should expand that should expand to the wnba so what where what, what happened to actually just pouring into that that is an untapped market we we don't actually per we as a I'm not gonna even say we. I'm gonna say the NBA. They do not broadcast to one of the biggest markets that can be out there. Women outnumber men in this world, if we don't know. It is actually I think somewhere at at minimum ten to one in the in the entire world. So that is a complete untapped market that we do not give as a NBA community does not give enough attention to and if they want to actually expand to a market that is highly accessible and easily, possibly, a new frontier that's right in front of their eyes. I say it's the WNBA. Outside of that, they, their best hope is Australia or uh, focusing in Africa, and that kind of gets spotty. <laughs> uh, yeah, um,
1: I, I guess that would be a, a good place to start. Is the WNBA, but. Are they, do the same people regulate the sport?
0: Between the NBA and the WNBA? Yes. Yes, they do. Okay. Now, the commissioners are different and the owners are different. Like Magic Johnson's the owner of the Sparks. Uh, they, uh, those are different. The, but the people, they, they kind of, like, uh, a lot of the connections are tied together. Like, I'm pretty sure they, they remain in, like, the same localized area of office, offices, like Bristol for ESPN or things like that.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, that, that would definitely be a great spot to uh, start promoting. Um, so I I like that idea.
0: Yeah, because I, I just think if they promoted better and they, they did better about uh, – they can literally just uplift this that league, and it's it's about time. It's enough uh, accessibility. Uh, you can broadcast it more. It's simply about putting the dollars into it and making these women want to be in the WNBA, seeing that it is worthwhile and actually growing up saying they want to be in the WNBA. That only is a rare group of females that actually. Maintain that not anything against women, but uh, they maintain that type of focus for really wanting to be in the WNBA where they're actually going to be uh, not even cherished as as much as their talent. Demands.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely have to agree.
0: Yeah. So um, moving on, though, we're going to go to the football. It's going to be a shorter part because. I personally think a lot of the games were predictable, but there are great questions to still ask about these teams. Um, now, the, we're going to start with the Cleveland Browns, uh, where they've had a 2-5 and five start to the season with a ho- whole lot of high expectations on this season. So quickly asking, who is more to blame about the Browns' 2-5 and five start? Is it Baker Mayfield, the coach Freddie Kitchens, or the full team?
1: I think as a whole, the full team should get blamed for this, but I think whoever hired Freddie kitchens as the head coach is the one to blame for this because he has not had the type of experience to handle all of this talent, all of this talent coming together in one place who have big egos and they want to, on top of winning, get their stats. Um, but it's Freddie Kitchens. He was not the right coach. They jumped at the chance just because they went on a roll late last year. After firing their other head coach, they hired Freddie Kitchens. But he's definitely not ready for this role. Um, I wouldn't say they should fire him. Of course, give him another year. But we, we I don't think he's the right coach.
0: Uh. Wow. Like I, I actually thought you would take the low hanging fruit, which would be Baker Mayfield. I'm taking the low hanging fruit. It's it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's just not. Ha- he hasn't been good. I, I I definitely understand the blame to Freddie Kitchens. He hasn't been the best play caller, and he has a whole lot of talent. I definitely agree there. And you, of course, as a team. Uh, played sport, you should blame the full team, but it's really Baker Mayfield. He's been horrible. His his passer rating has been abysmal. Uh, he has extremely more in uh, have less touchdowns to uh, receive. To interceptions And don't quote me on these numbers exactly, but I'm pretty sure I'm right about right on these. He has 15 interceptions to six touchdowns. That ratio is ridiculous. Now, uh, there's another person who kind of comes close on the interception ratio, uh, not the ratio, but really you know, interception amount. That would be uh, Jameis Winston. But his his touchdowns are right about even it's not a little bit more on the interception side. So Baker Mayfield is in in the absolute bottom rating of quarterbacks over this first part of the season. It's Baker Mayfield.
1: Well, yeah, he he has not been playing that well. I mean, he's been terrible. He's been talking Uh, a lot. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that definitely puts on a lot of attention to him because he talks like that. But um, he's been terrible. Uh, he he has not played to the level that people thought he would, but I, I mean I didn't think that he was a top fifty player like they voted him in the top one hundred players, like above Deshaun Watson. No, they they're crazy for doing that. That that was that was dumb. Uh, Baker Mayfield didn't prove not one thing, but um, I I think that it it all boils down to the coach. The coach should know to do know what to do with these players and he's not really getting the best out of them. He's really getting the worst. And like I said, whenever they lost to the Tennessee Titans or before that game, I predicted if they lost to the Tennessee Titans, that would be a psychological season ender. And it's really spiraled down into that. I mean, I know they're getting an easier schedule going from here, but it looks like this season is over.
0: True. Okay. So that, that actually is my next question. And you can answer this kind of quick because we want to move on. Uh, do you have any faith with the Browns uh, in that easier remaining of their schedule to make the playoffs?
1: Well, they they could make the playoffs. Um, the, the schedule isn't that hard. They have the Broncos, which is a terrible team. Uh, the Bills, who are beatable. The Steelers, beatable. Dolphins, Steelers again, Bengals, Cardinals, Ravens, and Bengals. So all of these teams are beatable. They, they could win every single one of these games. They've already beaten the Ravens once. Um, so I I wouldn't say it's completely
0: over, but it, it almost looks that way. I, I agreed. And only because their schedule was so horrible that I think they, make, they couldn't make the playoffs. I don't think they beat the Ravens a second time. I really just don't think so. But everybody else is a layup. You play Miami, Miami's trying to lose. You play the Bengals twice, they haven't had a win all season. And that's a divisional win. Then you have the Steelers with a backup quarterback. Come on. Uh, If they don't win these games, Freddie Kitchens definitely needs to be fired. Honestly, the whole coaching staff needs to be fired if they don't. If they lose more than two games out of these games, I'm telling you, all the coaches should be fired.
1: That that's a very good point. They probably should be fired. But at what what point do you give the coaching staff a chance, and not ruin your quarterback's future with the constant turnover at head coach? Like he needs some type of continuity to grasp on, so he can develop as a player. Because constantly getting different coaches, that's just not going to help him. And then they will just be back in that same hole that they were in looking for great players or even just a quarterback.
0: I I, I definitely hear you, but not having the right coach can also damage you just as much. Um, and it, it really doesn't seem as you were saying, in the, even in the beginning, Freddie Kitchens does not seem to be that right coach. He's not, he doesn't make the right play calls and in, uh, in a lot of situations. So, that alone shows in, in the ineptitude at coach. The reason why I'm saying, because there's seven games, there's a 16-game season, uh, that means you have nine games left. If y'all do not go, at, I'll, actually, I'll give them two losses. Like if you lose more than two games in this, which will sit them at nine and seven, which is, that's, that's enough to keep your job. That, that really is enough to keep your job. But eight and eight is not enough. <laughs>
1: Well, it's a one-game difference. Um,
0: I know, but it, doesn't it look a whole lot different?
1: Slightly. Um, ten and six looks the best. I thought that they would go ten and six, but that's. But I mean, it's still possible, but I, it doesn't God look damn, like it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's kind of between who has a uh, easier schedule, the Patriots or the Browns. But the uh, Patriots' schedule is getting harder as the Browns. Uh, Schedules are getting easier, a whole lot easier.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say I believe in the Browns, but with their talent, they should be able to win these games, most of them. Yeah,
0: I, I'm I'm guessing. I, I I guess. Um, and just to kind of throw a last shot in there, did you see? Uh the the look that Bacon Mayfield gave Odell Beckham when he handed the goat shoes to uh Tom Brady. I don't even have a question for that. I'm just saying did you see it? Oh uh, yeah. That that,
1: that that was hilarious. Like that is forever gonna be one of the best memes in football. Just the yeah. look on his face, just disgust. Like, is this your your
0: true quarterback? Is this your team? <laughs> is this <it> still King? <laughs> he wanted to smack those shoes out of his hand, but I just had to uh, slip that in there. Um, moving on to San Fran, who has now uh, reached seven and zero, which is a big surprise. But the way they beat down the Panthers on Sunday, you wouldn't be surprised at seven and zero. They won fifty-one to thirteen on a uh, with a backup quarterback at Panthers, but with, for the Panthers, even though they've gone undefeated. Until into this game uh with that backup Kyle Allen. Uh but to move it to the questions, is it safe to say that San Fran will make the playoffs in their tough division or is it still time uh to still is it still an uphill battle for them?
1: Oh no, they they're definitely making the playoffs. Um they they've really shown that they can win important games. Um, their defense is legit That is the most Well that, that is the safest bet When it comes to their team Like their defense is top notch They will perform At a high level every single game um, Their their running game is pretty good But the only thing that's questionable Is their quarterback um, Jimmy Garoppolo He's playing mediocre And that's really being kind i i, I I don't see why he's struggling. Um, he has a nice run game and a defense to support him, and he also just got another receiver, Emmanuel Sanders. So um, I, he should—he really should be playing better. Uh, I—I'm just dumbfounded. He—he he, he should really be playing better.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I actually still think it's an uphill battle, only because the <laughs> amount of games that's left in the season. There's still nine games, and that division is extremely tough. Just looking at who they have to face division-wise, it makes it extremely tough, even though San Fran is the number one-rated defense in the league, which switches between them and the Patriots each uh, each kind of week here, but which they are for real. The, the San Francisco uh, team is definitely for real because of that defense, but it still is an uphill battle. I think the Cardinals are nowhere near an easy win. I think the Seahawks are nowhere near an easy win. And the Rams are definitely not an easy win either. All these teams have kind of added pieces or uh, they seem like they already have an MVP in the race with uh, Russell Wilson uh, talking about their team um, with the Seahawks. So I, I still think it's an uphill battle. And. Uh, Yeah, I I, I definitely hear playoffs, it it would seem that way, but simply due to the amount of games left, I'm leaning more towards it's still an uphill battle.
1: I can see your point, because their schedule definitely gets harder from here. Um, They do have to play the Cardinals next, but then they have the Seahawks, the Packers, Ravens, Saints, Rams, and Seahawks again. So they... They do have an uphill battle, but I would say they win at least half of those games and they definitely make it into the playoffs just off
0: the back of that defense. But they can lose every one of them games. They really they could. <coughs> that, that's a hard schedule. They, they're going to really get the chance to show that they're for real. If they come out of this at least only losing two games. They they are very very for real because that is extremely hard till the end of the season. Like every one of those people, I, I thought they would win against San Fran, even with knowing San Fran is seven and zero.
1: Well, they do have to play the Falcons. I I just didn't say that. Yeah, yeah,
0: Falcons. 10-0. But who cares? That's one. That's one game. <laughs> that's one game. That's, that's a pocket game. Uh, but uh, they at least gets on the eight and eight. But I don't think eight and eight gets you to the playoffs in their division. So let's say they lose out. That's that's an eight and eight season. I don't think oh, they lose out.
1: No, that's not going to happen. Lose no, no, out?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. No, no. I'm just saying it is still possible though. It is still a uphill battle because it's possible you can lose out.
1: It's it's possible, but I, I really don't see it. That that defense is just too legit right now. Um, they they're playing very well. I, I never expected their defense to play
0: this well. Agreed. Agreed. So halfway through the NFL season, uh, who do you see as the top five teams so far? Your top five.
1: My top five would be the Patriots, um, the New Orleans Saints, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, let me see real quick.
0: Boy, you ain't put the San Fran in there yet. <laughs> <laughs> OK, yeah. <laughs> San Francisco
1: 49ers. Yeah, right, that's, to do that's that. number four. <laughs> and. Um, wow, it's really hard to say. It's it's kind of a toss up between the Kansas City Chiefs, Houston Texans. And um, hey, that, that, that fifth spot is really hard to say right now.
0: I knew the fifth spot would probably be the hardest uh, to fill. Just at the same time, most of our list is the same. I just didn't have as much of a debate for the number fifth spot. Uh, I have San Fran, not in any particular order. I have San Fran, the Patriots, Green Bay, Saints. And my fifth spot is the Texans, hands down. Uh, we're we're working mostly off memory and because Mahone has been out, well, at least you, to holding that spot for the Chiefs. But – you got to think about who, what has happened so far and going off of what's happened so far, I'm putting the Texans in that spot. Deshaun Watson has been extremely impressive, which I reason why I put him, him and his team at number five spot on the top power ranking.
1: Yeah, I, I see your point. Um, but they did lose a couple of games where they should have won. I would say that they probably should have beaten the Colts. Um, that's not a game that you should lose. Uh and they lost to the Panthers. Um, so they, they've had a few games where they, they really should not have lost based on their talent. I know their defense isn't playing that well. So that's why I'm just hesitant to put them at that fifth spot. Um, and I, I don't know. it's It's still really a toss-up. Kansas City isn't terrible without Patrick Mahomes. But they're definitely not on the same level. Uh, but even with Patrick Mahomes, they did lose a couple of games. So um, it's, it's really hard to say.
0: Well, I am argument that the Texans have won more games than they were supposed to win. Uh, so it's that more the opposite. They, they Instead of them losing more games than they were supposed to lose, like losing games they were supposed to lose, they won games they weren't supposed to win if it wasn't for Deshaun Jackson. So I think in how things kind of even out, hey, you're going to lose some, you're going to win some, they've in the better end of that. They're they're on the better end of it. Simply due to Deshaun, Deshaun, sorry, Deshaun Watson. And just to throw in a comment from uh John Gruden, he said, quote, It's like playing against Michael Jordan, which is a high praise for a player. And talking about uh Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah, um Deshaun Watson, he's a great player. I mean people forget that his rookie season, he was like crazy like he was tearing up the league but then he tore his acl so he was out for the rest of that season and last year was just the first season getting back from that acl injury and i mean he even still played well then so uh the only question is just his health as far as uh the longevity of his career but he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now
0: agree and he's proven that he wasn't just a system quarterback in uh, college for Ohio State. and he Sorry, Clemson. Yeah, you're right. Sorry about that. Uh, I don't know why I thought Ohio State. Yeah, for Clemson, because uh, they won the national championship a couple times this past couple years. Uh, but he's definitely shown he is a star-star player, uh, and he's not even – back by a horrible offensive line and a mediocre defense. Um, But to kind of pull in his defense, now he's lost another big member. J.J. Watt has has said that he will will not be playing the rest of the season due to a torn pectoral muscle, which is a reoccurring injury for J.J. Watt. Now, simple as, I'm going to just say it simply, is J.J. Watt's career over?
1: Well, it it might as well be over. It's He's dealt with injury after injury. Um, he's always, really in recent memory, he has missed multiple games, like most of the season. I'm trying to remember the last time he's played a full season or gotten through the whole season. Uh, it's, it's really hard to remember. I mean, there was the one time where he was uh, the best player on that team and he was playing all types of positions including on offense mm-hmm. but J.J. Watt he he's just not the same player um, yeah I don't want to sound too harsh but the defense won't miss him that much uh, they, they weren't really doing that well with him so I, I, I think J.J. Watt he might need to go ahead and put up the cleats
0: I hear you. I think he needs to go the Andrew Luck way. I think he needs to save his body. I think he really needs to save his body. Like, honestly, think he needs to save his body. I don't have an image of J.J. J. Watt not in a brace, whether it be his knee or his elbow. I honestly don't have an image in my head of him playing in the NFL where he does not have one of those two or at least not both of those braces on his arm. He's consistently been hurt. He's more than likely played more season than he was supposed to simply for the longevity of his bones, ligaments and entire body. Uh, I think his career is over. And if he doesn't realize it, he, it should have already been over.
1: Yeah, he's, he's just a broken man. Um he,
0: he just really needs to save his body. Yeah, I agree. And this is the last question before we go to the uh, the trivia part. Um, what is the best outcome for J.J. J. Watt trying to return? And is it worth it for him to return with the current team uh, that he has this year?
1: Are you asking whether he's going to return this year to
0: play? No, just going off of the team he has this year, going into next year, because you don't know which players get traded. But just going off of this year's team, is it worth it for him to come back another year? Maybe I should have phrased it that way.
1: No, I I don't think it's worth it. Um, Really, if they do win a championship this year, he would get a ring. And uh, that, that would, I guess, help his legacy. But going forward from here, I don't think he should put his body on the line because he has taken a beating over his career and he has missed too many games. And really, I think the team at this point, they would get rid of him before they offer him another contract or try to have him on the team any longer.
0: Agreed. So a quick question. And we're going to go into this uh, multiple choice trivia part. Uh, do you think J.J. Watt offers of his uh, career – that he's currently having if he didn't play another down that he would make the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I definitely think he would make the Hall of Fame. Um he 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 dominated the league for I would say 3 to 4 years. He was a game wrecker. People had to game plan around him because he would get his the big oven mitts in the way of balls and bat them down. He was all over the place. He he was one of the great Defensive players in the league, but he has slowly diminished into a a mediocre player that doesn't really make the splash plays like he did before. Um, But I'm not sure if he'd be first ballot, but I would think that he would be pretty close.
0: I wasn't as definitive about that uh, answer. Uh, I I don't know. And I don't think he I definitely don't think he's first ballot just because of the exit of his career um, he never as far as I can remember never really made it close to a championship um, he had those dominant years I agree for about four to five years of dominance but I think his best outcome on Hall of Fame would be second ballot I don't think he's the first ballot at all well it.
1: I don't think you can put a whole bunch of blame on him when it comes to championships. He can only affect so much. He he doesn't really handle the ball on every play. Uh, I I, I think that at his position, like what he did from his position, he really excelled for many. And I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. And just off the back of the past, maybe two to three seasons from injuries, that he shouldn't make the Hall of Fame. I mean, just look at Gronkowski. Should he not make the Hall of Fame because of his injuries?
0: Well, he was good to go either way. And honestly, if anything, uh, he, he sh- Gronk shouldn't make it off of not having enough stats, like when it comes to yards and uh, just records. Like, uh, but he's gonna make it. He's definitely gonna be first ballot simply because he got the Super Bowl rings. Uh so when you got super Bowl rings, this is a whole lot easier to get in on that first ballot. if he even had one if he even sniffed the ring, if he was in a what a f c championship, i think uh alone that yeah J.J. watt does become the Hulk first ballot, but due to not having team success, it's gonna bump him down to the second ballot
1: well i mean that that's fair um But I think he was a pretty good player in his time and he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm just talking about realistic what not my feelings on whether he should be in it on. It's about whether he will like T.O. should have been uh, clearly a first uh, ballot Hall of Fame. But I think he went maybe three ballots. I'm not even sure how many ballots uh, T.O. went before he got to go into the Hall of Fame.
1: Well, that, that was just based on personality. People didn't like his personality, and that's what held him back. But J.J. Watt hasn't had that problem, so this that's not going to affect but, him.
0: Agreed. And T.O. didn't sniff the Super Bowl that much either. Actually, he well, did. He did. He win did sorry, sorry. My fault. I, I thought about it real quick. Sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't really thought about it real quickly. Uh, he was in the Super Bowl. He actually came back from injury. But uh, no, nah, I, I just... I think due to team success, it's going to bump him down to a second-tier uh, uh, second performer. Not, not that he, he didn't have a great career and he's not a great player and everything. I think when people look back, because I do think this is the end of his uh, career, that they're going to blame him and push him down to a second ballot due to not team not success. Or he didn't affect him enough to just simply dominate enough to push it that far, and he shouldn't have that much onus on him. But it's just a reality of how they kind of view players and going to the Hall of Fame.
1: I would have to agree with most of that, but he can only affect the game so much at his position.
0: Agree, right, agree. Right. So uh, now we're going into the trivia part, and of course. Uh, you can comment and let us know suggestions you want to know about. I, I do pretty good research, so I'm going to bring you the tea, the the juice, whatever you want to call it, about sports on and off the field. Um, now, this is the trivia part where your guess is about as good as mine. Muhammad comes up to questions. I try to give you a little bit of commentary about it if I can. And uh, sometimes I have good guesses, sometimes I don't. But we're going to see this week. Go ahead with the first question.
1: Which of the following NFL teams has the longest drought without going to the playoffs? A, Cleveland Browns, B, New York Jets, or C, Washington Redskins?
0: Oh, that's hard because that, there's, that's a droughty, that's some drought-type teams. Um, um, hmm. I'm, I'm not going to uh, stretch this out this week, but go ahead again with the question and answer.
1: Which of the following NFL teams has the longest drought without going to the playoffs? A. Cleveland Browns. B. New York Jets. Or C. Washington
0: Redskins. Oh, I think this is, this is kind of hard. I haven't seen the Redskins in the playoffs at all in a long time. So I would lean towards it, but for some reason I feel like it's the Jets. But the Jets have gone, and then you said, what was the first team again? Cleveland Browns. Browns, Browns. Ooh, it's more than likely the Browns. That's like the easy answer, and I might overthink this. But I'll say, God, because the NFC East always rotates on the winner, but I just don't feel like the Redskins have been a winner in a while. Um, I'll say the Cleveland Browns. Let's go to easy answer.
1: That is correct. <laughs>
0: ah, I didn't overthink a good job. Woo.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the last time they made it was 2002. New York Jets was 2010 with Mark Sanchez, Mr. Butt Fumble <laughs> and, um, Washington Redskins were just a few years ago with Kirk Cousins.
0: Okay. 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 I, I simply forgot that, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead with the second question.
1: What team in the NFL drafted Drew Brees? A, New Orleans Saints, B, San Diego Chargers, or C, St. Louis Rams?
0: Oh, you might have got me a little bit on this one. Because I, I was pretty sure I know the answer, and I'm I, I'm probably just overthinking it. Because Drew Brees is my favorite quarterback for uh, – and he's not, like, my current favorite quarterback. He's still in a good race. You know, he's still in my top three for right now, um, personality-wise and also performance-wise. Um, gosh. Go ahead and go with the question and answer again, and I'll kind of get into my explaining what I think the answer is.
1: Which NFL team drafted Drew Brees? A, New Orleans Saints, B, San Diego Chargers, or C, St. Louis Rams.
0: So, I, hands down, no, it's not the Saints. It's definitely not the Saints. That, that, I, like, I'm quite definitive on that one. Um, I really, I know he was on the Chargers. I just can't remember whether he was officially drafted by the Chargers. He was on the Chargers for a good while before he really, really picked up his career with the Saints. Uh, he made his best Memories with the Saints. And I, I don't know whether I remember him in the Rams jersey at all, but I'm, I'm going to go with the answer I know. Uh, I'll go with the San Diego, San Diego Chargers.
1: That is correct. Um,
0: uh, okay. Yeah, I he know was they drafted by the
1: Chargers. Um, the Chargers then believed that he could come back from his shoulder injury, so that's why they shipped him away to the Saints and got Philip Rivers and then – the rest is history.
0: Agreed, agreed. And uh, that's why uh, the Saints got their Super Bowl, man. You boy, here must have having babies, uh, You know, fill the rivers. <laughs> but, hey, somebody's <laughs> going <in. laughs> It depends on how. <laughs> but go ahead with the last question.
1: <laughs> Which of the following NFL quarterbacks has the most career interceptions? A, Drew Brees, B, Tom Brady, or C, Philip Rivers.
0: This is kind of hard. Like you really would throw me off if you put Eli Manning in there. I really was hoping you wouldn't put Eli Manning in there because that would be an easy choice. But I, I was also thinking he kind of lost that title a little, not too long ago. So it does make me think. Um, go ahead again. Question and answer, and then we'll finish it out here.
1: Which of the following NFL quarterbacks has the most career interceptions? A. Drew Brees, B. Tom Brady, or C. Philip Rivers?
0: God, this is hard. Honestly, I think it's Drew Brees simply because he's thrown a lot. That. That's not my official answer because I got to still think through this. Um. I don't think it's Tom Brady. I really don't think it's Tom Brady, even though it might be. Um, and then fellow Rivers, God, he throws he throws a good amount of interceptions. I oh God, this is such a hard hard question. Um, because I really want to go yeah. with Philip Rivers. No, no, you're, <laughs> no I, like, you're right, but I, I need an educated guess on this one. Um, God, Ay 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 ay. ay. God, I really don't know what to go with here. Uh God, mm. I'll just go blindly and say Philip Rivers.
1: That is wrong.
0: Oh, Drew Brees, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is Drew Brees. I um,
0: knew it. I knew it. I knew it. God dang it! <laughs> I knew I was going to always think one of these.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were all pretty. Self explanatory. Well, I mean, the last one that's still kind of up in the air, but just to go down the line of how many yeah. interceptions, Drew Brees has 236, Tom Brady has 175, and Philip Rivers has
0: 185. See, and I, I knew like that happened like in the past two years that uh, Drew Brees became that person, but I just couldn't remember whether that one was with the bad stat that he got. I knew it was a really bad stat that he got associated to his name, but it was due to him throwing a lot, and I overthought it. But, hey, you always get your chance. I got two out of three. Um, But we're going to see you next week on Wednesday. I'm going to give you a whole lot of highlights on the best subjects about sports. Uh, Definitely press that subscribe button, share it with your friends. We we definitely take suggestions on our IG and our Twitter. Um, And I'll repeat press subscribe. And this has been So You Think You Know Sports.